Hola, cariño. Hola, amor. Y bienvenidos a... ¡Uy, qué horror! Feliz Navidad. Happy holidays to us all. Yes, hopefully you had a easy, stress-free, bastantes regalos. Uh -huh. If you are uh, boricua or caribeño, had some coquito. Mm. If you are, what are other Christmas beverages from around Latin America? Mm, I do not know, um, pero coquito is delicious. Bomb. <laughs> God damn. Um, well, wherever you drink in the holidays from your Latin American country that you identify. I hope you drank a bunch of that. Yeah. And if you're sober, I hope you had a virgin version of it. Yeah. And we support you too. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, first of all, apologies for the way my voice sounds. I've been battling a cold this week. Not COVID, everybody. Not COVID. It's fine. It is not COVID. Uh, but I'll tell you, the way I worked to get rid of this as fast as possible, and I was like, me estoy enjuagando la garganta with like sal, hydrogen peroxide, Ooh. all the things. Get rid of all the gunk. I was zycamming my nose like it was my job. Bebiendo tanta agua. Mm. I'll tell you, a good, wonderful uh, side effect of it was that my skin was like, oh, uh. you're deciding to drink all this water? <laughs> I'm glowing. We love it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But my apologies for a nasally moment. Uh. I, I, if anything, I feel like I'm Phoebe in Friends. Thank you, my babies. I well, along that that note, I find uh, voices with colds to be um, either soothing or sexy, honestly, because it yeah. adds, you know, through the thick film of music. Mm. It's just like it's deeper, and it's a little Kathleen it's Turner. Kathleen Turner. <laughs> it's very phone sex operator, you know. Yes, so. hello. <laughs> Phone sex operator. Okay. Phone sex operator. Anyway, that's the kind of episode Thank we're bringing. Thank you for calling 1-800-BUTTS. <laughs> All I could think of. I couldn't think of anything else. 1-800-BUTTS. Uh, that's where we are. 1-800-BUTTS. Copyright TM. You heard it here first. We're going to make merch. Wiki <laughs> yeah, Horror supported by 1-800-BUTTS. <laughs> Honestly, great idea. Um, uh, I have something, and of course, this isn't like purely this is pure johnny right now because there is no like concrete thing that has happened yet but i did want to share something because it is christmas time and i i got myself a gift okay and i want to tell you what it is uh-huh i have given myself the gift of uh-huh spanish lessons I'm going to uh, be taking Spanish lessons, which is something that I've wanted to do for a very long time. Uh -huh. uh, look, I know fucking Spanish. I know Spanish. My mom is from, from Honduras, pero my Spanish is agringado like crazy. <laughs> 
And we always have conversations on this pod of like, you don't have to speak like, you know, your Spanish could be shitty like mine is, but that doesn't make you any less Latino. Pero my journey All with Spanish it. Spanish is valid. Yes. My journey with it is like, it doesn't make me feel great not mm -hmm. being like confident and solid with it. So this Navidad, my gift to myself is Spanish lessons. And I thought I would Very share exciting. it with you. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, at least for me, it's about it's about time. So Lizzo, it's about damn time. Yeah. <laughs> Lizzo says it, it's got to be true. Uh, Felicidades. So, thank That's you. so fun. I love that for yeah, you. I'm very excited. I'm excited to see where that might take the podcast, you know, with, mm -hmm. you know, a little bit more confident Spanish. Uh, anyway, so just wanted to share that. Is it writing or like practicing uh, conversational? Like what's the, what in is in the, the, for me, like writing is not so much a thing with my Spanish. I would love to be able to, um, you know, can, uh, be able to do that better. But for me, it's just more so conversational. I just want to uh -huh. be able to like look at you and be like, Eileen, and I do speak Spanish with you occasionally, but it is Spanglish to the max. I yeah. would love to be able to, you know, with uh, people in my life, just fully carry. I can do it, pero me da vergüenza. And I don't want to uh -huh. feel that anymore. So yeah, the goal is to not feel that and just like do the work, put it in there. Um, I've been reading plays in Spanish and doing things like oh, that. Oh, I just love to that. Kind of, although I made a mistake though, where like the play that I bought, I I bought a translation, but it's like Spain Spanish. So I'm like, ¿Qué está? ¿Qué? Oh boy, I'm just like yeah, I yeah. don't get all the the slang. Uh, anyway, so that's what's up, and uh, wanted to share it here first with you. And I love it, Mazel Tov, you doing it? <laughs> Gracias. Uh, I haven't gotten myself anything. I mean, I'm going to San Francisco for the holidays, so mm -hmm. my gift to myself is seeing my family. Your family, yeah, absolutely, well deserved. So because it's the holidays and we all know, all of us know that Jonathan is a busy bee during the holidays. Our Christmas boy here, he has things to do like <laughs> tell scrooge to fuck off uh <laughs> yeah we we have picked some some short films for this month so that we can like be a little easy on the boy uh mm -hmm. so today uh we're doing a short film i will say now that we have a little bit of trigger warning going on in this oh one. yeah mm -hmm. yes uh <laughs> Not as holiday as you would want it to be, I don't think. No, uh, no. But it's. Um, I just want to say, like, if you are sensitive about uh, sexual assault, this short film is definitely the topic. Is that? But I also just want to let you know that if you're into revenge for sexual assault, uh, and if you feel comfortable enough, I'm going to try my best to keep this as safe as possible for you mm. so that you can get to the revenge and feel how good it feels mm. at the end of it because uh. spoiler alert the end of this movie i <laughs> oh, Ooh, oh man it's tasty absolutely i hope you will all stick around i get it how tough it can be yeah, but if you're if it if it's hard for you, I understand. Absolutely, we'll see of you course. on the next episode. Yeah. But uh, but I'll tell you the <laughs> revenge is a dish best served. 
ice cold. I don't know what the saying is. But if it's best served cold, then this is a fucking icicle yeah. going down Frigid. the throat. Don't you touch it. Yeah. You'll burn burn mm-hmm. your hands. Wow, y'all. Okay. Burn your hands in the cold. <laughs> On that icy coldness. I just got to say, yes. Eileen, great pick. This Thank was you. great. Yeah. Out of nowhere, because you and I were like, Let's do shorts. Let's give ourselves an easy time. So I literally Googled short horror films. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot. This came up. uh, There's a lot. So many. And this came up on uh, a website that, like, the first link that came up, which was shortoftheweek.com. And I was like, oh, interesting. And uh, I haven't even said the title of this film. And so I saw that it was. Diabla. Mm-hmm. So it's Diabla, uh, written by Alonso Diaz Ricards and directed by Ashley George. And uh, I didn't even read to see what it was. I was like, great, this will be it. And then I watched it and I was like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. I was surprised that I so, hadn't even heard of this short mm-hmm. film yet um especially with all this exploration of you know latinx film that we've been doing but i guess yeah. that makes sense because this is a pretty recent baby this was 2019 i believe right absolutely yes yeah so pretty pretty new yeah, yeah pretty new so let's fucking jump right in because i need you guys to take oh oh my god it's <laughs> i when i i rewatched it this morning and it's just Oh my That's God. great. So satisfying. Um, but before we get into our synopsis and the whole Megillah, I'm using a lot of Hebrew words today. <laughs> you guys, I'm not Jewish, but I was raised by a Jewish uncle. Yeah. So I have a yeah. few <laughs> words in my in my uh, vocab mm-hmm. that sometimes just fall out of there. So before we get into it, let's please remind you to subscribe, rate, and review. Do it as a holiday gift to us. Please. How about? How about that? Mm-hmm. Um, and let's do some titulos de terror. Mm. Now, this movie I that I picked, um, I chose the first when I watched this movie, I was like, oh, this reminds me of something I saw on, again, another one of my favorite YouTube channels, Dead Meat, uh, our fucking Kill Count. Fucking oh, my God. Sweet baby boy, James A. Janice. Love. He did a French film called Revenge. Ooh. And, uh, have you seen Revenge? I haven't seen. Oh, I've sure. only seen what yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Kill Count has done. And I was like, ooh, that looks bomb. Yeah. Um, so it's technically a French film, but we still get translations from it. So let's see what it's called around Latin America. So in Brazil, it's called Vingança. Very. Yep absolute translation there but we have a fun bunch of things in spanish so we have in mexico se llama venganza del masaya oh mm-hmm. hmm. uh-huh colombia they call it venganza siniestra very fun Ooh. and in peru venganza subtitle nunca subestimes a una mujer 
I mean, don't you do it. Don't you dare. Very apt for this film as yes. well, Yes, yes. So uh, that's our titulos de terror, Jonathan. Let's get our little synopsis first. Diabla. Great. So I got this synopsis from letterboxd.com. I don't know if we've ever had a letterboxd synopsis before, so welcome. I don't think so either. Yeah, welcome, welcome to letterboxd. the podcast. Um, I believe this you is You are a this... box of letters. You are a... <laughs> <laughs> I do believe this is the synopsis you will find on all websites, though. Anyway, oh, okay. so here we go, everybody. After surviving assault, an enigmatic 17-year-old Mexican girl finds retribution through her untapped female power and local witch culture. Mm. Okay. All right. Let's jump on in. This is Diabla. We open on a bucket of water and a faucet dripping in it. We see a canary in a cage, a small dog sniffing through a hamper, flowers that are focused on the foreground, which then blur out and show a huge Mexican barrio. We're up on top like a like a montaña, not on a montaña, on a hill. So we're looking down on this landscape of a city. Mm. They're poor, humble homes. And now we see Nayeli, a young woman putting one of those flowers that we saw behind her ears. She wears a zip-up hoodie, a jean skirt, and shimmery, sparkly gold eyeshadow. And please, let's welcome back to the main stage absolute fucking beast from La Región Salvaje, Ruth Ramos. Queen. Dude. I mean. Dude. Put her in every film. Every film. Honestly, when I finished watching this this morning, I was I literally that's the exact phrase that came out of my mouth. I was like, God, put her in every film. She doesn't have to say anything. Not dude. She says like five lines in this movie. She gives you everything and more. Yes. It's Uh, eyes. It's face. It's wonderful. She's so fucking good. Good. She's so good. She's so good. Okay. Nayeli now walks through an open market, but we're in the botanica section of it. Mm. We see bundles of dried herbs, bottles of colored liquids, incense packets, saints, little plastic bags of spices, candela, santo, statues of Jesucristo. But most importantly, and what we see the most of, is imagery of calaveras y la muerte. She walks down the aisles as our title card appears, Diabla. On the street, in like in between two rows of like houses, it seems, or like outside of restaurants, but maybe not. Like it's just an area where a bunch of people are gathered, maybe a get together or Mm. like, you know, just people outside of these homes, I'm going to guess. She passes a group of punks, which include her brother, Uriel. Apurale Nayeli, ya se hambre, is the first thing he says to her. Uh, Hurry up, you. I'm fucking hungry. Fuck you, guy. Who the Go fuck are you? Go get it yourself. Yeah. She rolls her eyes at him and she arrives at a little table where her mom? Mm, yeah, I couldn't quite place this. This woman is young enough to be like an older sister or old enough to be her mom. I couldn't quite tell. Sure. Um especially a little later, um, and I'll, I'll right. get to it. Yeah. But 
So I put mom question mark. Yeah. And interesting that, you know, the brother Uriel, like it's very, very much. This is where the man is, where he's like, where's my fucking lunch? And then over here, there's a mesa with all women preparing food and things like that. Like it feels very. This is where these the men, quote unquote, belong. And this is where the women, quote unquote, belong. You know what I mean? Right off the top. Totally. And so this mom and these couple of women that are there, they're making tacos. You can say, see a, a, a griddle with some tortillas warming up. And I just want to point out also Nayeli is carrying a bag with like stuff she bought at the market. And there is a huge chicharron in her bag, <laughs> just like a fucking slab of chicharron, which I was like, please Throw that into my face. I <laughs> love a chicharron from the mercado. Dude. My grandma used it. to go. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> my grandma used to go to the Mexican mercados in, in San Francisco. And she would come back with these like big ass chunks of chicharron mm. freshly like fucking fried. Ay, que and delicia. some of it. Yeah. Some of it was really crispy, crunchy and dried. Mm. And some of it still had like chunks of meat attached to it. And I was like, Nona, because we called her Nona, Mm -hmm. like the Italian (laughs) wild. (laughs) So we called her Nona and we were like, Nona, dame el pedazo con la carne. And Mm. she always would give me a piece with carne on it. And you could even there were sometimes there was still even fucking hair from the pig on it. And I didn't give a fuck. I was like, throw it in my face. I love chicharrón. (laughs) So her quote unquote mom complains that she's late and then hands her Nayeli a bag of chicken feet to take back to the house to put in in el caldo. Mm. And one of the other ladies that's there is like, hey, who's that gringo over there that's with Uriel? And we get a close up of cousin Ryan smoking a joint. Apparently, he was really little when he crossed to the U.S., but he's a full-on man now. And this mom is like, oh, he's a total dick. He thinks that he's all that because he's a gringo now and that he's got a blonde girlfriend in San Diego. Y que se yo. De veras me cae regordo, which I was like, that is such a Mexican thing to say. I love it. But what a lovely, like, meaty way of saying yeah. it. I don't like that fucking no, guy. No, fuck that guy. De veras guy. me cae regordo. But sí. for real, though, fuck that guy. Because yeah. this this was really, this, is, this was such an, an interesting directorial choice, the way that this was shown. El Ryan. Uh-huh. Because this woman is like, this dude went to the States. He thinks he's hot shit. Now he's got this blonde girlfriend, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But we kind of break the fourth wall here almost where the close up on he's Ryan. He's looking right at he's us. He's looking at us. And this happens quite a bit in this film mm-hmm. with the characters where they just look right, right at you. And the barrel. Yeah. And it's. Such a cool choice, but it really, at least for me, affirmed like, Ugh, yeah, I'm not. I don't like this. I'm this guy. He looks, meaning, he looks at him. us mm-hmm. in a sleazy way. Yes, exactly. It, it, you, yeah. You're like, no, me, me da cosa. Like, don't look at me si, like that. See, si, si yo, come, if I was walking down the street and a man looked at me like that, I'd be like, oh, God. Oh, uh, fuck. Yeah. Here we go. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pero, funny that you say that, La Nayeli, she looks over to the group of punks that Rayang is there at, and there's almost tenderness the way she's looking at them. Mm. She looks at them longingly. Mm. Now we see Nayeli walking home. She does a señal de la cruz as she passes a saint statue going by. She gets home. She pops those chicken feet into the boiling caldo. And it turns out Ryan, el Ryan, Ryan, el Ryan. Ryan. Because uh -huh. it's Ryan, yeah. pero con el acento. Yeah. <laughs> turns out el Ryan también came back to the house to uh, powder his nose, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> what could it mean, everybody? What could it oh, mean? I wonder <laughs> what mysteries are entoiled in my language. Uh, <laughs> And then after he like takes a huge sniff of whatever powder he's powdering, <laughs> he starts to rap very cringily to himself. And I was like, oh, oh boy. not this guy. Not this not guy. This. <laughs> no. no, 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 no. Ugh. And as he's doing that, Nayeli is spying through the door, which is a curtain. So again, we're in a poor house. There's one room. I'm assuming, which is another reason why I assume that lady is a mom, is that Ryan is staying with them. Uh-huh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? In this one room Coming space. to visit, yeah. Correcto. He catches her spying, which spooks him, and he, like, calms down and he motions for her to come in. He's showing off his designer sunglasses. Ugh. Oh, so me ugly is this the fucking gucci baby and i'm like no not this I not this <laughs> and he then comes a little close to her and he kind of motions her and he says siéntate and mm. immediately you're like no, no girl mm -mm. get out of there yeah they sit as she playfully tries on the glasses that he's been like showing her. But again, he's too close. And soon he's taking them off her face, covering her mouth, shushing her. Get the cita. And he rapes her. The caldo boils on the stove, and Nayeli lies on the bed, holding herself after the fact. Nayeli goes back down to the streets where the party was going on. And she walks right up to her brother, Uriel. Rayang me lastimó. Que Rayang me lastimó. And Uriel says, Pinche Nayeli, no seas chismosa. Oh. And this rocks Nayeli. She is shocked that her brother would say this. Yo no soy chismosa. I'm telling you that he hurt me. And she grabs his bottle of beer and smashes it on the ground. And at this point, the people around her start paying attention a little bit. And Uriel tells her to clean it up. Callate, anda limpia eso. Which she does. She kneels on, on the ground and she starts picking up the pieces of the broken glass. And everybody kind of pays attention and we see that two of these punk women that have been there come around and they approach her and they help her. Mm. One of which even like holds up her face and you know that they know. Yes. Yes. 
Uriel looks over at Ryan, who is dancing with another girl, and Ryan holds up his beard to him like he's cheersing. Like, hey, what's up, my guy? I got a lady over here. Isn't that fucking dope? Look at how fucking cool I am. Mm. And then Uriel turns to Nayeli, who's crouching on the ground, picking up that bottle. Bien que te gusta, ¿verdad, putita? Nayeli stands up. She slaps her brother in the face. Eres un pendejo. He laughs to himself. But right before the scene changes, his face kind of stops like and, and like becomes serious. Almost like he knows that he's in the wrong yes. for saying that to his sister. Well, two things here. After the act... I will say, uh, of what happened mm -hmm. to Nayeli. Again, I just got to give a shout out to this actress because you see, you just, you feel it, you know, like she is just mm -hmm. so good. It's, it cuts you to the core. Pero this sequence with fucking Uriel, I was just like, the look that he gave over to Ryan and after he fucking said to her, like, no seas chismosa or whatever the specific line was, I was like, you know, he did something. You know, Ryan did something. But still, you're fucking blame. You're you are going you choose uh -huh. to put the blame on her. And this last little look of his, you fucking know. Yeah. Oh, it's just uh -huh. it's too much. And it's all done so like subtly and really, yes. really well. But goddamn, this is it's it's really hard. It's painful. Yeah. Because he's choosing to be complicit. One hundred percent. It's and like going against his nature, he's he you can tell he doesn't want to say and do this but he's making the choice yes that's which is even worse that's his sister uh-huh yeah yeah also fuck him and his blonde clip in extensions that he has in the back of his fucking head well, fuck that shit yeah fuck those hideous mullet yeah blonde clip on fucking extensions. fall i'm gonna tear that shit you, out <laughs> yeah you idiot <laughs> oi man Oh, God. It's the next morning. Nayeli gets up and gets dressed to leave the house. She passes her brother and Ryan, who are smoking outside. No one looks at each other. Now, here's the thing. How horrible to have your abuser, your assaulter, living in the same space that you are living in yeah having Sleeping. to see him always yeah, yeah. sharing like, the same space it's the amount of times that women have to live in silence not women people mm -hmm. have to live in silence amongst their abusers and then even after they had to voice their voice mm still have to share space with the person that has 
attacked them. It's infuriating. And I can't imagine, first of all, how hard all of this is, but to have to, you know, tell somebody what has happened to you, but then not be listened to. Mm -hmm. And then to have to, and then what do you do with that? It's like, I did, Mm -hmm. I did what I thought I was supposed to do. I, I spoke up. Yes. And nothing was done. I, nobody believed Mm -hmm. me. And now I'm stuck here. Oh yeah. Damn. Now we see Nayeli at the doctor's. A nurse sits with her and assures her she'll be okay. Nayeli cries softly. Va a estar bien, te lo prometo. They hug, and this nurse brings her close, and she whispers in her ear, Nos vamos a vengar, y yo te voy a ayudar. Vas a estar bien. Now let me tell you something about women! (laughs) God damn it, I love it when women support women! Yes. Fuck! That little moment of that woman just being like, when she said the words in that little whisper, mm-hmm. no vamos a vengar. We will take revenge. I was like, well, listen, I am sharpening my sword as you say it. I'm ready <laughs> for it. I immediately was like, let's get to it now. Man. Can I just say something Oof. very, very quickly about this scene here? These two are so good together that Ugh. it feels, I assume they just met maybe, or mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this is a a new relationship. It feels like they've known each other for years, though. Yeah. That's how deeply this nurse or this uh, this doctor understands. She She doesn't even have to ask her. Basically, like I feel like Nayeli could just walk in here and look at her and she would know that is the bond that is was at least established to me here. Incredible. Honestly, incredible. But also absolutely incredible, but it attached to incredible sadness because, you know, yes, how often that woman probably has to see young women like that coming in to like do a rape kit or like, and that's why she knows it's just, yeah. Yeah. Powerful. We're back at home and Uriel makes a cup of tea and offers it to Nayeli, almost like a peace offering question mark. Hmm. And Nayeli kind of takes it and sits there, but it's not. She, he can tell she's not taking his quote unquote apology. She's just like, oh, okay, I'll guess I'll drink this tea. It's what she. Mm-hmm. It's what's like. It's it's expected of her. You should take it. Yeah. So I will. Basically, that's yeah. what it feels like. Now this is the scene where I'm like, mom? Question mark. Mm. From outside, mom. Quote unquote comes in with Ryan and they seem to be playing this like cat and mouse game with the cool sunglasses. He's being very flirty with her. She's flirting with him. And I'm like, I don't know if this is mom, mom, Uh or also like, let's put a pin in this moment. Sure. Because I think what happens next is what I'm want to talk to you. I got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
so they're having this flirty moment and they're playing oh she's putting the sunglasses on and and it's this it's kind of mirroring what happened with Nayeli but mm-hmm. this mom seems a little bit more uh returning of the flirtatiousness now we're in a field and Nayeli is being taken by the hand by the nurse and they walk into a bosque in a voiceover we hear vas a estar bien Nosotros somos como tú, Nayeli. In the bosque, a group of women dressed in white surround her. Also dressed in white now, Nayeli. She stands in a circle lined with candles. At her feet lies a staff that has been tied with feathers. The voice continues, The men that have abused us don't know what we're capable of. Somos su maldición. Nayeli closes her eyes and breathes deep. Tranquila, let it manifest in you. Her eyes open and blood starts to stream down her legs. Mm. Back at home, Uriel comes into the house with Ryan with like bags and stuff. They were shopping. I don't know. And Uriel calls for Nayeli. She's nowhere to be seen, it seems. On the table, there are two plates of food. And the dudes are like, "Ay, qué bueno! They left food for us. Oh, the women have cooked for us, Fuck the men." You. <laughs> Fuck you! Fuck <laughs> you! Uriel keeps calling for Nayeli, though, who's actually at the door watching them spying. She walks in calmly, aquí estoy, and she hands them some sodas. Enjoy your meal, she says. <laughs> And she stands and watches them eat. Y el Ryan has been shoveling food since, like, before she came into the room. But to an excessive amount. To the point where Uriel starts to make fun of him. Te vas a ahogar, mamón. But Ryan keeps shoveling. He's gagging, even. He's, like, gagging as he keeps shoveling the food into his face. It's almost like he can't stop. This really creeped me out. Yeah. I mean, I loved it. But at first, it seems like he's just joking, like he's being an asshole. Which, first of all, I just cooked that food for you. Don't you? F- you're with your hands. You're shoveling it in like that? No. <laughs> Fuck you. But then I was like, oh, he can't stop. Oh, mm-hmm. this was creepy. Yeah. And you can see it in his eyes because he mm. starts looking yeah. over at Uriel <laughs> yeah. and these like, what the fuck? Eyes wide as plates. And he's like, Ugh. it's so gross too. Very gross because it's <laughs> rice and beans all mixed up and it's all over his face. Ew. Uriel sees this and he's like, okay. And he starts to freak out and he looks at Nayeli concerned. Y que pedo? What's going on with this guy? La Nayeli, she's just standing there smiling gently. And Nayeli, oh, so good. (laughs) And Nayeli leans over and she pulls out a fist of shimmery dust, almost like the same shimmery dust that's on her eyelids. She blows it into Uriel's face. Immediately he screams, I can't close my eyes. ¿Qué le hiciste? And Nayeli says, you're going to have to help me, hermano. In a dark room, Nayeli drags 
Ryan now gagged like literally with a fucking thing over his mouth, but mm. still continually like actually gagging yeah, also gurgling. from like Ugh. yeah, but yeah. like like he's almost still shoving food in his mouth, mm. but there's no food there. He's just gagging. Ew, it's so gross. Y en la esquina is Uriel sitting down with shimmery dust all over his eyes that won't let him shut them. Mm. Nayeli covers Ryan's mouth with her hands like he did to her. And from a doorway, shrouded women walk in and one of them holds the stick that was bound with all the feathers. Uriel begs to have this thing that's on his eyes that won't let him not close them. Like he's like, please take this off of my eyes as the women surround Ryan, who's still gagging on the ground. And Nayeli in an iridescent yellow halter top and her sparkly eyeshadow looks at all the women and nods. And she begins to do something to Ryan that we can't see. And we see Uriel on the ground in a fetal position, unable to look away. Mm. And we see individual shots of these shrouded women. The music swells, covering up Ryan's screams, which I loved. I love this moment of you're not allowed to have a voice right now. Mm. You're not allowed. We're not going to let other people hear the sounds you're making. Mm. You're not important enough for that. Yeah. So this incredible music swells. And finally, we see Nayeli bring up her hand to wipe her upper lip. And that hand is holding a very large pair of bloody scissors. <laughs> Uriel cries. We see the open market again. And guess what? El Ryan está ahí. He's collecting his sunglasses that he's now trying to sell on a little <laughs> blanket on the floor. All packed up, he walks to the parking lot behind a van because he has to pee. He unzips his pants to reveal just a tiny little hole where his <gasps> penis used to be. Oh my God. It squirts out some pee and he cries. <laughs> And he walks away into the parking lot sunset. There's no sunset, but you know what I mean. Sure. <laughs> Mirroring this shot, we see Nayeli walking down the aisle that is goes towards her home in the same outfit of the day it happened. A bag of chicken feet in her hand. She turns as Princess Nokia's Bruja starts to play. The camera zooms in on her as she looks right at us down the barrel. Fin de la película. Nicely done. Thanks. You know, it wasn't until now we're, that we were speaking through it that I it hit me just the significance of Uriel not being able to look away. So two things. Mm -hmm. One, that's my favorite part. Mm. We have had so many revenge films of women, you know, getting back to their abusers and all that stuff. Look at Enough. Look at I Spit on Your Grave. Look at like there's amazing movies out there where women finally get it to mm. like fuck their abuser up. Mm -hmm. You never, 
almost never get to have the people who are complicit to the fucking uh, abuser mm. also get a little bit of the taste of the revenge yeah. too. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's incredible. It's just like you cannot look away anymore. You have to yeah. see this. You can't pretend like this isn't happening. It's happening right in front of you. And because you looked away, because you 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 straight up knowingly pretended that nothing happened, now you have to see this. This, yeah. this you chose brutal this. act. You wow. chose to stand on the side, on the wrong side. Mm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. fucking watch this penis get cut off, motherfucker. Oof, damn. Um, and then the second thing, yes. sorry. No, please. Do you think that moment with the mom was her tricking him to like... You know, when you mentioned it, I because at first I never thought mom, but mm-hmm. if that were the case, because I don't know if you see her, see the mom in the group of women later on. We don't, don't think but we do. like the reason why the reason why I think mom is because Uriel several times says "Imi jefa" and like mom is looking for you, uh, and this is the only other woman that is like that we've met yeah. that could be a mom. And then there is a moment when uh, Nayeli's getting dressed to go to the doctor, where in the mirror you see a woman lying down in one of the beds mm-hmm. in that room. Mm. And I, you can't, I couldn't really see because she's so far in the mirror. And I was like, I think that's her. Hmm. But again, it's never, we never get the official, like, that's the mom. So, quien sabe, you you know know what I mean? It's the same thing that you mentioned before of, like, the doctor knowing what happened to her. I kind of, like, wish it were not the case. But I do, I do think that maybe, I, I like what you're saying here is that, it, this quote unquote mom character was basically like tricking Ryan by making him more comfortable. Because when I saw that, I was like, this is weird. She's flirting with him. This I don't get what's going on here. But, Especially in the beginning when she's like, he's such a fucking dick, that guy. Well, like, that's whatever. why that makes sense mm-hmm. that she would like, because uh-huh. we know, like, I don't like, she know, we know that she Me does not like regordo. him. Yeah. Uh-huh. So now that she's like, that, it seems to me that all the women in this film like even those punk ladies yeah. are supporting each other. So I think mm-hmm. in this film, it would fit that that woman was tricking Ryan and helping. I think that's what Nayeli. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I choose to believe Same. that's what it is. I choose to believe with you. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Let's get into some trivia. Yeah. All right, everybody. So this is my trivia for today. So you mentioned that article from shortoftheweek.com. I found this article too. So it was written by Chelsea (laughs) Lupkin. And I just thought there were some really interesting things in here. So I thought I'd share it. It says here that the original idea for The Habla came from the film's producer, Maya Korn, who is no stranger to the horror genre. Diabla was Korn's Columbia MFA producing thesis, and the original spark for the film came from her rage toward former President Trump's disparaging comments about women and Mexicans during his time in office. Ooh, love it. Mm-hmm. Korn then pitched the project in the New York Women's Filmmakers Group, which led her to tapping George to direct the project, meaning a Ashley George, the director. 
Making the habla was hard, the director reveals. It was a personal experience as a woman living in a world full of toxic masculinity and having to face my own traumatic experiences. While developing the habla, the filmmaker met with many Mexican people, including producers and journalists, to find out what it's like to live as a woman in Mexico. I appreciate this here, porque yes. la Ashley George... I believe she's a white, like she's a Americana. She's she's just a white lady. Ashley and I believe Maya Corn are both white ladies. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I did like a little bit of extra looking around on like on Ashley George's bio in particular. And it does seem like in the work that she does, she is kind of ex exploring out of what I will say, like her scope. Pero she does um, she does work with people whose experiences are actually like rooted based in real experience like out of uh, Ashley's scope if you if you know what I mean you get what I'm saying yeah yes yeah, yeah, yeah the article continues what Ashley found was that femicide rape and oppression in the workforce and at home are a norm in a patriarchal society where machismo reigns supreme speaking of Mexico but then it adds here which I appreciated while these issues aren't unique to Mexico which is very true these are very All true. over the world, everybody. The yep. way the way in which these issues are dealt with are quite startling. Featuring an incredible cast, it's Ruth Ramos's performance as Nayeli that is truly unforgettable, which is so true. The driving force behind the film, it's hard to imagine anyone else playing her role. Although her character was originally written to, written as a 12 to 13-year-old girl. <gasps> uh. God, I know. I'm really glad they didn't do it. I know. It would have been me too. Me too. Um, when George, who considered the casting process as one of the most fulfilling parts of making Diabla, met Ramos, they made an instant connection and rewrote the role with her with her co-writer Alonso Diaz Ricards to fit the actress. With Diabla, I aim to tackle women's issues around the globe while paying tribute to Mexican land and culture. George says. While the horror that Nayeli experiences is a tragically universal experience, the director hopes women will continue to find their voice as Nayeli does, perhaps even with the help of their own coven. I may never even dream of exacting revenge in reality as we do in this film, but I can make a movie about it and propel what may come across as a little girl into a big, ferocious, feminine spirit that finds her power, as I know we all will, George concludes which I thought was very cool. So I thought I would uh, include that here in my trivia. Love it. My last little bit of trivia here is let's talk about Princess Nokia. Nokia, Woo! Nokia, Nokia. <laughs> Nokia, so, Nokia. You know. I think it's Nokia. Nokia, right? Uh, so at the end of this movie, you know, as we see Nayeli, you know, that, that kind of last shot of her, this like, Fucking like you mentioned, that song Bruja starts to play, and I was like, "What is this song?" You hadn't heard that song yet. N never heard this song before in my life, oh, and I was like, "Immediatamente," I was like, "Hood, So I like, "Who had So I stayed, you know, like through the credits, and I found this is Bruja by Princess Nokia. So let's talk about Princess Nokia. So I found their wikipedia so let's see here destiny nicole frascheri born june 14th 1992 gemini yeah known uh professionally as princess nokia is an american rapper and songwriter 
She released her debut studio album, Metallic Butterfly, in 2014, followed by the 2015 mixtape Honeysuckle. As Princess Nokia, they rose to prominence for their 2017 studio album, 1992 Deluxe. They released another pit mixtape titled A Girl Cried Red in 2018, followed by the release of two studio albums, Everything Sucks and Everything is Beautiful in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. The duality yeah. of people. I mean, she is a Gemini, so. <laughs> yeah, totally. Frasqueri identifies as Afro-Indigenous and is of Puerto Rican descent. When Frasqueri was 10, she lost her mother to AIDS. Between the ages oh. of 9 and 16, she was in foster care, during which her foster mother was physically abusive. Fuck. Yeah. After Frasqueri left foster care, she went to live with her grandmother, and she subsequently started writing rhymes. Nokia's musical style has been described as, quote-unquote, experimental and... Uh, eagerly floating between genres such as rap, soul, rock, and house. She lists rappers MC Light and Queen Latifah, girl group TLC, as well as new metal bands Korn and Slipknot <laughs> as musical influences. <laughs> oh, I love that she said MC Light and fucking Korn as her fucking <laughs> influences. That's amazing. Totally. So it says here, Frasqueri identifies as bisexual and has stated such in a past interview and has also talked about how growing up near the queer community of New York City was an important part of her life. The early stages of Princess Nokia's musical career began through performing at gay clubs as she gained popularity among the gay nightlife scene. She also identifies as gender nonconforming as a gender nonconforming person and uses both they them and she her pronouns. Nice. Frasqueri is a strong supporter of intersectional feminism, founding the Smart Girl Club with Mila Libin, a podcast where she discusses healthy living and urban feminism. Should definitely check okay. that out. She is a practitioner of Santeria and has shared her own experience with clairvoyance and spirituality that she infuses her music with. I mean, super cool. Listen. I mean, if you listen to Bruja, yeah, she totally. literally is like, que no sé que soy Yoruba. It's it. so good. This last part, though, listen to this. All right. <laughs> In 2017, Frasqueri punched a male concert goer at Cambridge University who she said had been mouthing dirty obscenities at her. She later told the crowd that that's what you do when a white boy disrespects you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then this. And then this. <laughs> Later that year, a video of a woman throwing hot soup in a man's face who was calling a group of teenage boys a racial slur whilst on a subway journey to journey to Brooklyn surfaced. Frasqueri took responsibility for the incident, saying that, quote unquote, everybody on the train backed her up. <laughs> and that yes. is my trivia for today. Wow, okay. I think we all need to just join the fucking fan club because Princess Nokia seems like a badass bitch. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I knew Bruja because it kind of floated around in like some of the music that I was listening to and like some of the comedians that I like were like, yeah. Pero más todavía. Absolutely. And I can't, I can't believe she was like MC Light. I don't think I've heard the words MC Light in so long. <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm literally going to go listen to her after this. Love it. Okay, well, I have a little bit of trivia continuing what you said about Ashley George. Uh, I went to filmsbyashley.com, which is her website. And this is her about. 
that's on there. Ashley is an award-winning director and producer based in New York. She began making films in 2009 when she joined San Francisco film collective Scary Cow and has worked in casting, directing, and producing films, commercials, and music videos in San Francisco, Los Angeles, and New York City. She graduated from San Francisco State University, motherfuckers. Go Gators! Listen, I went to San Francisco State. (laughs) That's right. Lean went to school. Uh, Listen, I don't give a fuck about the Gators. Literally, we'd have zero sports, zero anything, but we just have a purple great Gator. And SFSU for life, we are great. Oh, man. I love it. When I saw that, I was like, this is... This is too good. This I can't wait for Eileen to share this. <laughs> so she graduated from SFSU with a Bachelor of Arts in Cinema and the New School at New York's in New York City with a Master's of Arts in Media Studies. Recent films directed by Ashley include female revenge horror short Diabla, which premiered at Morbido Film Fest in 2019 and was awarded the Golden Skull for Best Short Film. Diabla has gone on to screen at many Oscar and BAFTA qualifying film festivals, earning awards such as Programmer's Pick at Adirondack Film Festival, Best of Fest at Boston Underground, and Best Director at Catalina Film Festival, among others. Wow. Her work has received over 6 million views on YouTube and premiered in Times Square. She's currently developing a drama about a Punjabi family dinner and a a Trinidadian woman's experience at a dinner with her new husband's eccentric Punjabi family. Alongside director Giselle Martino and writer Jagjiwan Sohal. She's also writing her first feature film, Wave Mother, an intimate supernatural horror set in Oregon country about a woman who heads home for her best friend's wedding, which summons her troubled past and a reunion with her estranged father. Very cool. Ashley George, a varied view of things, like you said, it seems. Mm -hmm. Okay, I think, I I don't remember if we, I should have gone to check our episode on La Región Salvaje, but I just wanted to read Ruth Ramos's bio from her IMDb because she's a fucking badass and we love her. Actress and performer Ruth Ramos is originally from Tijuana, Baja California, Mexico. She is an active member of the Arrogante Albino stage group in Guadalajara. She participated in different film festivals and performed in different scenic spaces inside and outside of Guadalajara. She is well-recognized for her performance in La Región Salvaje by director Amat Escalante. Mm. Nowadays, we can see her performing in the new Netflix TV series directed by Diego Luna, Todo Va a Estar Bien, and in Señorita 89, directed by Lucia Puenzo for Stars Play. So she's on the TVs, guys. Cool. And especially Diego Luna. Come on. Wow. Fucking Andor, my guy. That's a Star Wars reference. Got it. Okay, let's talk a little bit about our writer, Alonso Diaz Ricards, who is actually a painter, mostly. Hmm. I Googled him and I tried so hard to find what his deal was with like writing or anything like that. And his website is just art, drawings. Wow. 
paintings. So this is from his website, Alonso Diaz Ricards. So his bio and his website is genuinely just like a list of years and like the things that have happened to him on that year, Hmm. like literally a sentence per year. So here we go. 2011 paints a fine hyper-realist portrait of a crumpled piece of cardboard. 2012, instructor at the Prince's Drawing School observes, quote, sometimes it's a curse to be able to paint like that. Oh. 2013, UK visa is revoked, completes views of Kew Gardens while living in hometown of Mexico City, which I believe is the name of one of his pieces. 2015 and 2016, painting in New York, but without a studio. 2017 and 2018, begins observational paintings using acrylics and polypropylene. 2019, ink paintings play with text, pre-Hispanic figures, and geometric motifs. 2019, co-writes screenplay for short film Diabla. 2019, Begins posting art selfies as a way of thinking about the public persona of the artist. 2019, collaborative Instagram paintings explore how and what a painting can be in the age of social media. 2020, draws many horses. (laughs) (laughs) 2020, collaborates on issue number three of Manifest, a journal of the Americas. 2021, Debut of first three social media avatars. What a fun bio to have. To That's just cool. Be like, Here's yeah. a list of shit. <laughs> also funny, too. You know, like, yeah, I like that. Totally. And finally, my last bit of trivia. I just really quickly wanted to talk about what a botanica is. So here's what Wikipedia has to say. A botanica is a religious goods store. The name botanica is Spanish and translate as botany or plant store referring to these establishments' functions as dispensaries of medicinal herbs. Botanicas are common in many Hispanic countries and Latino communities around the world. Such establishments sell sell folk, medicine, herbs, candles, and statues of saints and popular gods. They also carry oils, incense, perfumes, and books. Such stores have become increasingly popular in the United States as the Latino communities they serve have grown in that country. A botanica is a site of healing and support, such that one owner says that they are a place of mysteries due to the metaphysical appreciation of mystery as a synonym for spirit and divinity. And uh, I just want to say some of the practices that these products are for are such as candomblé, curanderismo, espiritismo, macumba, palomonte, santa muerte, maria leonza, and santeria. So it's just a place to go if you need to put anything on your altar, if you need to get rid of stuff, people that do limpias, that's where you collect all your your tools for your spiritual benefits. and that's the end of my trivia for today. I love that. You want to answer some questions for me? Absolutely. Eileen, were you scared? I mean, not in the way that you would be in a horror film like that is spooky-ooky. I was mostly just like livid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I guess I'd say no. Iwo? 
I said the same thing, but uh, there were definitely some very uncomfortable, uh, anxiety-inducing sensations in this film. But scared, not not really. Yeah. What was your best scare? When Ryan sat next to her, uh, like when he was like on the bed, sat next to her, I was like, ooh, 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 no, mm-hmm. no, 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 mm-hmm. no. Yeah. And you? Uh, mine was the the rape sequence, and um, actually a two. So that sequence, and also when Ryan, when I realized, like, oh, he can't stop, like spooning the food in. I was like, that yeah. is, I mean, so good but also i was like that's so that's so fucking creepy yeah who was your favorite character come on nayeli come on of course a shout out to that nurse too because she was honestly and and you said this earlier and i didn't pinpoint it the way that you did but every woman in this movie is in support of nayeli no Mm. one no woman ever is not protecting her helping her mm-hmm. doing something for her in this film which i loved so mm. yeah um nayeli the nurse and shout out to all the ladies in this film them punk ladies too <laughs> yeah honestly i wrote like i wrote the same thing nayeli but just like the women you know the women all of them so yeah, yeah. what was your best line i had two uh-huh nos vamos a vengar y yo te voy a ayudar Vas a estar bien. And the other one was, me cae re gordo. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I love that phrase so much. Ivo? I, I had to give it to the same line you did, the nurse. Whis- the thing about that whispering is like, you see it in the subtitles, but mm-hmm. it's so quiet. That I had to like, you know, rewatching it, I really had to lean in. And it's like, it's almost like you don't want to like, you know, eavesdrop on what they're saying. But just like, we're going to get revenge. You're going to be okay. I'm going to help you. Oh, my God. What an incredible moment. So that was it for me. Totally. What was your best death? The penis. (laughs) (laughs) The penis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the death of the penis. I wrote a Ryan, but he doesn't die. But I was like, I guess a part of him died. But I didn't put it as succinct, succinctly, succinct, succinctly, succinctly. Yeah. Uh, we don't know how to talk around here. But yeah, the death of the penis. That's got to be it. <laughs> Did you learn anything about the culture? I don't think so. Nothing mm-hmm. like that I haven't seen before. I know about botanicas mm-hmm. and like witchy stuff. I don't think so. And you? I said the same thing. Yeah, it was nothing that I hadn't quite seen before, you know? Yeah. So, and finally, how many ooies do you give this movie? Fucking five, dude. Five. All the fucking way. The way the fire that built inside me, I mean, you heard me before, but when she whispers that into that girl's ear, I was mm. like, I am ready to burn the city to the ground. Yeah. Like it's these performances are unbelievable. La, La Ruth Ramos again put her in fucking everything. everything. What a face! What eyes! Those eyes convey mm-hmm. so much. And I didn't. I wanted to say something earlier, but I forgot because I was <laughs> filled with rage. Um, <laughs> I love that her eyes are glittery. And that when Uriel 
has to sit there with his eyes permanently open mm. he also has glitter on there and she has glitter on there from the beginning which yeah. means her eyes have been open this whole entire time because that's fucking women constantly having to keep our fucking eyes open and so i just was it was just so beautiful to have that like connection and to have it specifically be eye shadow mm. which is such a feminine thing to like sparkly eye shadow mm -hmm. you can't get more girly and lovely than that is like let me have you shine mm. you know what i mean oh mm -hmm. mm -hmm. i fucking loved it so yeah five <laughs> you know What's so interesting about that is, well, I also gave it five all the way. Watch this movie. It's fabulous. Ugh. I did not notice the similarity between the the powder and the eyeshadow and what a Uriel had on his. I didn't notice. And, you know, I am a man and I didn't catch it, which is interesting. You know, that is an interesting thing. But like, what a smart choice. Mm -hmm. What a smart choice. And yes, I got the thing of like, you cannot close your eyes to this anymore. But. I don't know this. I feel like this movie deserves repeated viewings. I feel like you will discover yes. new things. You will feel different Absolutely. things. It's hard. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be an easy watch, but I, uh, I don't know. I, I can't recommend it highly enough. Absolutely. And, you know, for me, it, I, it's, it's mostly because of Ruth. Like she is Oof. just so good. So incredibly watchable. Oh my God. So five always, everybody, you know, you know, take care of yourself, do your thing. Yeah. But I highly recommend watch this movie, you know, highly yes. recommend. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, my caldo is boiling, so I got to go fucking take care of that. <laughs> Those chicken feet stink. My, my chicken feet have flavored my broth, and it's time for me to remove them. You know who loves fucking chicken feet? My fucking tia. Well, how did I know you were going to say that? <laughs> Every time we go to get dim sum, she's like, a ver, las patitas de pollo. Yo quiero patitas de pollo. I'm like, ew, tia. Because that's not for me. No, I'm sorry for people that love either. it, but it's not for me. Uh, and she goes ham on those fucking patitas de pollo. Wow. Well, I've never tried, to be totally honest, but, you know. It's too bony cartilage. Mm. No, 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 me gusta. No. Anyways. Do your <laughs> thing, you so though. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you being here. Happy holidays. We hope you're being safe. You're being stress-free. If you're having a stressful family, you know, you have the right to walk out of the room. You have the right to take a walk. You have the right to go the fuck home. So please take care of yourselves during this time. Yes. Surround yourself with people and things that you love. Watch fun movies uh, and do the things that holidays are for, which is eating snacks and uh, opening gifts mm -hmm. uh, with the people you love. There you go. Uh, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen in cualquier plataforma. Follow us on our redes sociales at Wikiorror on Instagram and Twitter. You can send us an email at Wikiorror at gmail.com. You can see all our movies on our link tree, linktr.ee slash uyghurror. Thank you to Sonoro for being the Christmas tree that holds all of our presents. <laughs> we appreciate you. Please check them out on their socials at Sonoro Podcast. And Johnny, God bless you. You're the person I want 
to spend my holidays with every single time. And uh, I'm going to a little later, but (laughs) I'll I'll be there. (laughs) So I'll see you soon. I fucking love you, my dude. I fucking love you, too. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Happy holidays. And we'll see you guys in la próxima semana. Adios. Adios. Uy, qué horror. Es una producción de Sonoro. Produced by Jonathan Atkinson and Eileen Clark. Edición y mezcla, Karina Riverol. Escuche Uy, qué horror en cualquier plataforma donde escuchen podcasts. Subscribe, rate, and review. Adiós. Adiós. <laughs>